there's a new voice and face here at Wachner Condon. On this installment of Give Me Some Truth, we get to know Alicia Vandeven, the newest financial advisor on our team of Madison, Wisconsin-based advisors. Alicia has quite the background, from working in Epic Systems to her own candle business, to now becoming a financial advisor and candidate for CFP certification. And outside of work, as she likes to put it, she's a geek with a tan. Without further delay, here's some truth. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Uh, exciting day today, Mitch. We, Very uh, exciting. We have a, a new hire here in the office, a new advisor with our team, and uh, it's a pretty exciting day when this happens. So, uh, you want to? You, you, I'm going to give you the honors. You want to uh, introduce our uh, our new hire? Sure. So this is Alicia. I know most of you are just listening, so I know you can't see Alicia, but. Alicia joined our team a couple days ago. So as of this recording, this is day three, actually. I don't know when Dan will get this actually posted. but We'll, we'll timestamp it. This it's is, what, the third third week of July? Am I somewhere accurate on that? Yep. We're, what is it, July 20 yep. today, yep. I believe. So this is day three. So Alicia comes from a unique background and actually similar to a lot of us, and I, I'm not going to steal all your thunder, um, but similar to a lot of us at the firm, really, she is making a career change and she's, she worked at Epic for a while and then she was with her kids and actually did her own little business for a while. But now her kids are older a little bit and she's here. She went through the financial planning program. She'll have a master's degree from Kansas state and she sat and passed her CFP board exam. So that said, Alicia, would you like to say a little word and hello to the Give Me Some Truth audience? Hello, everybody. It's nice to be here. I'm super excited to get started. Yeah. And Tell us, uh, sorry, Mitch. Um, th- th- one thing that I found interesting about your background that I, I don't know that everybody um, um, can necessarily relate to, but um, kind of help the listeners understand the what it's like to go from you know, where you were at, at Epic and, and for those that don't, I mean, you know, obviously very large healthcare uh, IT company here in the Madison area. I mean, help people understand what that transition looks like, feels like uh, when you go through it. It, you know, it sounds really quick, but it was actually, you know, it's been 10 years. Yeah. Um, and so it, when I left Epic, I knew I wanted to stay home with my kids for a while. Yep. And how and- long were you there? Uh, three and a half years. Okay, three and a half years. Okay. Yeah, and and I part of the reason I decided to stay home was because I knew I didn't want to do HR forever. Sure. I knew that wasn't really my passion, and the problem was I didn't really know what my passion was. I didn't know what I wanted to be doing, and so I decided to stay home with my kids, and because there wasn't something that seemed like a better option at the time, and it wasn't till about maybe three years ago that I discovered financial planning as a career option and, and, and sort of had this light bulb moment and said, this is what I want to be doing. This is my passion. I want to help people. This is an area that I've been interested in my whole life. And I just never knew, I never knew it was an option as a career in the way, in the way that it's kind of done here at Walkner Condon, how it's fee only independent, you know, you're not selling insurance, you know, you're not selling investments and, um, I, I never knew that was an option before. And once I discovered that it was, that that was really appealing to me. So, Mitch, I don't know that um, people necessarily remember your background, but there's some parallels between yours and Alicia. Can you speak to that a little bit if you could in terms of kind of, you know, where, where you started and, and how you kind of got to this point? Yeah, the, the funny thing is, Alicia and I were talking about this just an hour ago over lunch, <laughs> a little bit about, about my background and story. So in short, I have an industrial and operations engineering degree. 
Oh, somebody or, asked me that recently too, and I thought I said mechanical. You always say mechanical. I always say mechanical because <laughs> I think that every engineer is mechanical. <laughs> I just you have to take some of those courses. So it's, it's like it's, I took sure. some of those courses, you right, know. Right. But <clears throat> yeah, I, I was an engineer by background, and then worked for Rockwell Automation in the controls industry for for a similar time that you were at Epic. You said three and a half years at Epic. I was at Rockwell Automation for three and a half, four years, something like that, and ultimately made the change over to financial planning. I myself had benefited from financial planning in the past, and my whole mission essentially was to pay it forward to others. And if you you come here now today in July of 2022, I'm in year seven of financial planning now and did some education and CFP and things like that along the way. Um, but I can very much relate to that. <laughs> well, and I think that, that that's part of the thinking behind, um, you know, the the idea of having you guys work on on some uh, some joint cases together and, and kind of bringing your talents together the similarities of your background I think complement each other um, Mitch help people understand kind of what you, what what about that makes you excited about having Alicia as part of the, yeah. the team and, I, and, and specifically linked uh, you know to you on on, on some joint yep. cases yep I, I would say before before getting like the case level stuff I would just say I can already know there's a passion there, right? So you know when you walk in the room with Alicia that she is excited about financial planning. She's excited about helping other people develop a plan, implement a plan. And that just resonates, I think. And it's pretty obvious to me and the rest of the team here. So that's a huge reason why she's here, for one. So well done on that. Keep that up. Um, but then two, I'm, I'm going to just make an epic stereotype here, right? <laughs> epic people, they, they're, they're a, a breed and detail oriented, I would right. say is something that definitely shows. And the stereotype is that epic people like spreadsheets. Is that okay to say on this podcast? Because I get this understanding. That, I love a good spreadsheet. Thank you. I don't know if thank that you. is true of all epic employees, but I, I have an Excel obsession. My husband jokes that sometimes I take on something just because I get to make a spreadsheet about it. So uh, I, mean, I think that's <laughs> I, a pretty fair. I think that's a pretty fair statement for 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 the masses uh, uh, that that is epic uh, that that they enjoy a good spreadsheet or yeah. I'll take it one step maybe respect a good spreadsheet. How about yes. that? How about yes. that? Right. And and I realize that I made a blanket generalization there, of course. But but the point is the level of detail is there, right? And and I can tell that and. I'm going to burst the bubble a little bit here. We use less spreadsheets than you think. We have, you know, planning software and things That's like that I nowadays. Heard. I, was, I was slightly disappointed, but it sounds like there's some really fun and exciting software that you guys use. So I'm, I'm looking yes. forward to getting to learn that. And you've seen it a little bit already so yeah. far, right? And it so. seems really powerful and interesting. And I'm excited to, it's like a new toy. It's like a sandbox. Yeah. I can jump in there and see what it does. And, and with, my couple observations, I'll say, do you have any thoughts about that? Did I, did I hit it on the head as far as, um, do spreadsheets excite you? Are you a detail <laughs> level, you know, oriented person? Yes, de okay. definitely. Those two, That's a two things question, are, very, Danny, are very true. Attorneys say, don't ever ask a question you don't already know the answer to. So that that's gutsy on a live podcast. Just open. She could say, I thought you were terrible. So that this is, <laughs> well, let's see this would be exciting. Uh, How'd you do? How'd you do in the, it was, was it good? How he worked through the, the software? Was it? Yeah, no, it, it, um, everything's been really smooth so far. He, he goes through the software really easily, especially when, you know, when the client's sitting there, it's sometimes easy to get tripped up and, and you yep. know, so far in the meetings that we've been together, 
you know, he seems to, to use it really well. And the clients seem to really appreciate some of the things or get excited about some of the things that the software can do and show them and the different models it can do. Um, and Riskalyze is probably the one that I'm the most excited to get to start to know and play with a little bit because that's a really interesting tool yeah. that I think is important um, for us as planners and for the clients. So I'm excited to see more about that. Okay, so just, just basic background stuff. So you're from Appleton. Correct. Right? Have you been in Wisconsin your whole life? Yes, I have. I, I grew up in Appleton. I did my undergrad in La Crosse, so I lived okay. there for four years. And then I moved to Madison when I got the job at Epic shortly after graduation. Did you always want to live in Madison? No. Um, it was always interesting to me. I had family here. So sure. I, had, I had visited Madison. You know, I had gone to Rhythm and Booms when I was a kid. Um, my dad lived in the area, still lives in the area. So I had been here before, and it always intrigued me. Um, and so when I got the job at Epic, I thought, great. You know, I thought that was great. I didn't want to go back home to Appleton. And that was pretty much the only thing I knew was I didn't want to move home. And I was sort of open to where I went after that and have been really glad that I landed in Madison because now I really consider Madison my home and, um, don't, don't see myself ever living permanently anywhere else. And yeah. now you have a family, of course, you, you kind of mentioned this, right? Staying home with the kids and everything, but could you give us a quick little intro about your family and, and. Yeah. So I actually, I met my husband at Epic, which is a really, really common thing. Um, When I worked in HR there, I think there was sort of this joke that everybody in HR, we were either married or dating somebody on all of the different, all in all of the different roles at Epic. You know, I was with a software developer. Another person was married to a project manager. Another person was married to a QA person. So so we kind of covered all of the bases. Um, So my husband and I met working at Epic, um, doing a career fair together. Actually, we were just talking about this at lunch. I was telling Mitch, um, my husband went to Michigan Tech. We did a career fair there together for Epic, and that's how we met. Um, And we have three kids. I have a 10-year-old son, and we have twin daughters. So you're busy. Yeah, that's that's an understatement. <laughs> and the daughters are eight, correct? Yes. Yep, okay. my girls are eight. Yep, yep. And, and could you tell us a little bit about the the process going through the program at Kansas State and then how that sets you up for the CFP and just talk a little bit about, about the last few years, you know, during your education and everything. Yeah, no, I'd love to. This is this is something I share a lot. I'm I'm part of a couple of groups, you know, on Facebook, financial planning groups, and a lot of times people are looking for education recommendations. There's a lot of different ways you can fulfill the education requirement for the CFP, and um, what's interesting is I realize I'm not the only one going on to these boards advocating for the Kansas State program. You see Kansas State alumni coming out of the woodwork to advocate. The professors there are amazing, and the I went I did the program online. Um, but it's the same professors that teach the in-person classes and do the online classes. And they're all have amazing backgrounds and are really accomplished. And so not only did the master's degree cover the education requirement that I needed for the CFP, but the supplemental classes to round up my master's degree were um, in financial therapy. And so I also hold a certificate in financial therapy, which is one of the things that drew me to Kansas State because it's it's fascinating to me sort of the behavioral psychology piece around money and people's relationship with money and how they view it, whether they see it as a tool, whether they spend too much or don't aren't willing to spend enough or you know how they grew up around money and their family can really influence their ability to save and spend in their own lives. And so that that to me was very interesting. Um, something that I heard early on when I was, getting into the process to become a CFP was you can create a financial, a wonderful, perfect financial plan for your client. But if they don't implement it, then you haven't really done your job. 
Um, and that really resonated with me. I didn't want to just create these beautiful, perfect financial plans that just just sit on a table and the client never uses it. I want to actually have them implemented, actually have them make positive steps and positive changes in their lives. And sometimes something gets in the way and knowing the psychology piece behind that can help sort of overcome some of those roadblocks or obstacles that clients might have. Yeah. I think that that's, that speaks, um, um, shameless plug for Walkner Condon, but, uh, bear with us. Uh, I think that speaks to why we do it the way we do it, right? The idea that we don't print out people's financial plans. We don't put them in, I know people, some, in not throwing stones, but other people do it different ways and they, they bound them and you know, have them as kind of this, almost a statement piece. The problem for us or our, our thinking on that, to your point, Alicia, is people's lives change, right? So, you know, five, 10 days, months, years after you print that out, it's now dated. It, does, it, it doesn't live and change with, with people in their lives. And so for us, I think we try to use it more as an ongoing tool and not so much of a there, that's done, that's been kind of stamped as completed. And as you said, it goes in a drawer and we never look at it again. That's yep. why we're set up to not just do a transaction, right? We are not a transactional business the way that we operate, right? It is that ongoing management and relationship and reviews because implementation is very important, as you said, Alicia, right? It, yep, exactly. You could build the, the prettiest thing, prettiest PDF or, or three-ring binded plan, but what good is it going to do if nothing actually comes from it, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, help us to understand kind of what, what you define or kind of how you think of, of, of money yourself, right? In other words, you went through this program and it, and it teaches you a lot about the concept, but, but personally, how do you view money and what, have you seen it cause problems in your life so that you look at it and go, okay, I, I, I can see that now and I can, I can kind of identify how it can be incredibly helpful, but also harmful at the same time to people. Yeah, definitely. So as part of the financial therapy classes, we had to do a lot of these exercises ourselves. Okay. So it, it meant, you know, if this was something that we were potentially going to give to a client someday, they wanted us to complete it first. Sure. So it really allowed me to learn a lot about how I viewed money and my relationship with money. And I thought I had a pretty good sense for what some of those things were, but there were definitely things that I learned about myself. Um, I have always been very... I guess very, I, not not cautious in the way I invest, but cautious in the way I approach money. I, sure. I budget very carefully. I, I have a spreadsheet about it, which will come as a surprise Shocker. to nobody. Shocker. It is a very detailed. <laughs> macros, is there macros in there? Probably. Right? Oh, there's gotta be. Oh, I mean, yeah. and there's formulas. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's, fa it's fantastic. Um, so I, and I've always kept a very detailed spreadsheet going back to when I was in college. Um, money, money was tight growing up. Money was tight in college. I didn't, didn't have a lot you know, of, of people I could rely on. So I had to budget very carefully and that, and I've, I've never really trusted anybody else to handle my money. So I was, it was great when I got married and my husband was like, you want to handle the finances? Great. Here you go. And he, he just sort of let me take control in that situation. And that has been really great because I realized that I really don't trust anybody else to handle my money. And then that was, you know, I, I needed to be in control of it. I needed to know what was going on with it. I needed to budget very carefully. And, and I've gotten to the point in my life where I still, I still do that and I still feel that way. And that's, you know, that's been kind of interesting to me. And, um, you know, cause some people are the opposite way. They don't, they don't want to talk about money. 
you know, they're afraid to talk about money. Right. It's a taboo topic. Right. And that's, that's something that I've never dealt with. I'm like, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. You know, um, I don't see money. I see money as a tool yeah. to help us, you know, do the things that we want to do or achieve the things that we want to in life. Um, and so that's, I guess that's how I view it. Interesting. I feel like that line could somehow fit into a, like our, our values or our mission statement or something. I couldn't, I can't even repeat what you just said, but you, you summarized that pretty well at the end there, how it is a tool to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Something to that effect. Yeah. Like um, lining up, lining up your spending with your values. You know, the, the way that I spend my money is not going to make sense for somebody else right. who has different values than me, you know? And one thing I heard early on was keep your own values off your client's financial plan because you don't want to make their plan aligned to your values. You right. want to make sure that their plan and their spending is aligned with their values and the things that are important to them. Well, let's just take a fun example of that. I've, I've learned in the last few days, some of our interests outside of work are different. So for, and a lot of us at Wagner kind of would love to go spend some money at the golf course, for example. And, and I don't think that would be the first place you would spend some recreational it, time it and not. money. <laughs> uh, so correct. yeah, tell us. Yeah, 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 yeah true. Yeah, true. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't worked here long enough. You'll appreciate golf. Hopefully. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you guys are fighting an uphill battle yeah. on that one. <laughs> but, but that said, could you tell us a little bit about some of the things you do enjoy doing and, and maybe some of the things you would spend money on, you know, yeah. from a recreation or, or entertainment perspective? Well, my husband and I just came back from a week in Banff, Canada, oh, where we did a nice. lot of hiking. And so travel is something that my husband and I, have always really enjoyed and so that's something that for us we're perfectly willing to spend money on um, we really like going to new and exciting places and seeing new things and we did a lot of hiking in Banff and my husband likes to take photos he takes beautiful photos um, and so the pictures that we came back with are phenomenal and we'll be going to Switzerland in October um, kind of for the same reasons a lot of hiking a lot of outdoor stuff um, but then on the same hand, my other hobbies are of the more indoor variety, video games, board games. I build my own computers, very nerdy hobbies. So it's kind of this Which is weird such a mix. funny, like, it's an interesting, like, <laughs> juxtaposition of, like, I want to be outside, but I also want to. That, that, that's an interesting that's an interesting mix of, yep. of interests. I'm a geek with a tan. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, like, the coolest, most fun computer game out there right now? Um, I, I've always had a soft spot for anything that Blizzard makes. I played World of Warcraft religiously in college. Um, I I played it far too much. Um, one of my favorite games of all time is Diablo and that continues to be a series, Diablo one, two, three. Currently there's a Diablo immortal mobile game that came out that I've been playing a lot lately. So that's sort of my current one of choice. One of my favorites of all time is the Witcher though. And that's, you know, that's a book, it's a Netflix series, and the game is absolutely incredible. That's what got me through COVID, is I played Witcher 3, um, and that is, if you want to know what I did during COVID, I, I went to grad school and I played Witcher, so. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. And I've never heard of that one, by the way. I've heard of Diablo. Diablo goes back to, like, the 90s, right? Oh, yeah, I played the original Diablo, um, that I must have been high school. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had that game. I was never a huge computer game person, but I'm pretty sure I or I've played it at some point in time. Yeah, it was on PC and PlayStation. Okay. Yep. Yep. Nice. What What are other things that that we should know about you or, or our clients or the listeners to this podcast should know about you, Alicia? Um, I don't know. I like you guys have covered a lot of it. I'm I'm passionate about financial planning. I I get really excited about it, and anybody who meets me will will see that. You know, I'm very energetic. 
Um, and I'm a huge geek. I think those are probably, you know, probably the two biggest things that stick out um, about me as a person. But is there an area within financial planning that you have a, a real passion on? I know you said you have the, the financial therapy. Yeah. Cer- certificate, um, was it? Um, yes. Financial okay. therapy certificate. Financial therapy certificate. But is there, you know, an area that just really gets you pumped up to come into work? And, you know, if you had a case. Yeah. Like, hey, I, I would love to work on this case because of. I'm really and This is so this speaks to my nerdiness again. Taxes. Oh, <laughs> I'm really interested mm. in taxes. And I, I don't know a lot of people that say that, but I find taxes very fascinating. Well, and, and part of the reason is, is in financial planning, taxes matter in everything. If you're talking about investments, taxes matter. If you're talking about retirement, taxes matter. So everything when it comes to financial planning, taxes are, you have to think about the tax implications of it. So it's from a practical, practical perspective, you know, taxes are kind of part of everything that we do. Um, but I also spent three years volunteering at the Richard Dilley Tax Center. Um, they're, a, they're a VITA site, so it's a volunteer program doing taxes for low-income and elderly folks. And I've just, I've loved doing that. You know, I've really liked helping the people that come in there. Um, I find it fascinating seeing the different tax situations that come in. Um, it's like a fun puzzle to put together to kind of figure out how all these pieces fit and how this works and looking up answers to interesting questions. Um, I don't know. That's just always been fun to me. <laughs> well, as we wrap up, um, these are, these are the ones that we look forward to Mitch, these, these podcasts, when we get to introduce somebody new to the team, um, when we get to, um, expand our firm in such a way that we know is going to benefit our existing clients and our future clients. And we can say that with a lot of confidence. And I think that that's what gets all of us excited um, as we've said many times uh, within WalknerCon and um, Clint and I, going back to when the doors were open, we just really tried to stay dedicated to the idea of hiring talent. And even if the talent didn't perfectly fit the need that we had at the time, we were gonna we weren't going to let talent pass by without, um, you know, letting that have a positive impact on the firm. And I think uh, I think we're pretty excited about having Alicia on the team and and. Um, a similar skill set, I think, to a lot of us in, in a lot of ways, um, but different um, as well. And I hope people got that out of this this podcast because um, uh, our goal is not to try to hire people that all have the same exact skill set. In our opinion, you get uh, you you can get very myopic in that way, and the firm can can almost get the growth can get stunted. And so, um, we, we try to push when we can to try to get skill sets that that look and feel different than what already exists in the firm. And I think uh, uh, I think we're going to hear a lot more from Alicia. So we're excited. So thanks for welcome uh, to the team. Welcome awesome. to the team. Thank thanks you. thanks I'm for so joining. Uh, we 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 appreciate having you here, and we appreciate everybody listening today. Um, if you uh, if you get a chance, swing by the office or uh, send us an email welcoming Alicia, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, conversing with you on another episode of Give Me Some Truth. Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice.
Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.